Considering the subject matter of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Tour, the hosts recommend using discretion when allowing anyone under the age of 17 to listen. Listener discretion is advised. In this episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Tour, Rick and Stephen discuss Dan Aykroyd's recent comments about the current state of the paranormal. Rick brings us the old Bell Hotel during this week's Ghost Watch. Brit Lightning from the band Vixen shares her ghost story in a very special performance by Jordan Rudess of Dream Theatre as he tells his ghost story through his music. All of that and so much more right now on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Tour. And welcome to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. We are your hosts, paranormal authors and ghost hunters, myself, Rick Hale. And sitting across from me is Mr. Stephen Lancaster. Stephen, what is so special about today's show? Oh, my God. Let me think. Um, I just announced I was going to quit smoking this week. Good for you. Uh, That's that's super cool. Um, God. it's it's like what a year to the day. Yes, it has been one year. It is the anniversary of us merely tolerating each other for about two hours on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> That's yeah. I couldn't have. You took the words right out of my mouth. I know I did. So with that being said, we took a break because we were like, look, we've got to make this one year anniversary show something to to rival the gods and we have it and we have it yes why don't you tell tell the great folks at home the listeners around the world what's going on this episode well okay first off we are going to, first off i want to mention um and it it needs to be mentioned that over the weekend we lost one of the great gothic horror novelist uh we lost ann rice yes we did um yeah her her son christopher put out a press release that she had passed away from complications from a stroke you know anybody who is anybody in the horror and paranormal know that she is the creator of the vampire chronicles the vampire lestat interview with the vampire um one of my favorite all-time favorite authors and yeah, apart from Bram Stoker, there's no other person that I can think in the literary world that has done more to um, keep the vamp- keep vampire mythology and vampire stories going. Um, so she definitely will be missed. And and there's more to come. You know, Interview with the Vampire came out in '76, man. You know, I know. The, a year before I was born, and. Mm-hmm. They had just recently announced that, I believe it's next year, 2022, they are doing an interview with the Vampire television series. Television series? I cannot wait to see yeah. that. So her legacy, you know, is, is going to continue on, you know. Yeah. that That's what's kind of admirable about, you know, authors and stuff that, you know, it could be 50, 100 years from now, and somebody is still going to be adapting Anne Rice or Stephen King. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's just, it's like they're they're immortalized for their work, and I, and I love that. I admire that. Uh, I do, too. And, uh, you know, I, I love her work. Huge fan. Um, 
like I said, she will be missed. And hell, so, it wasn't that long ago we were we were talking a few episodes back. We were talking about Anne Rice when we were talking vampires. Yeah, we were. You know, I, I, not not everybody, of course, agrees with her take on vampires, but uh, um, definitely it doesn't you know hold up to the actual mythology concerning vampires. But you know, it's a very they're very romantic stories, um, just filled with twists and turns and and horror and just everything you could possibly imagine. Loved her work immensely. Yes, absolutely. So with that being said, anniversary yes. episode, we've got some rocking things happening. We're going to talk about um, a recent comment by Dan Aykroyd. We're going to play that clip for you later. And then uh, we want your take on it, of course. So hit us up at Facebook.com slash Welcome to the Initiative or ShadowInitiativeTV.com. We're going to give you our take on Mr. Aykroyd's comment. And there's what? a lot to unpack with yes. the soundbite. A it's, lot. It's, it's, it's a minute and nine seconds, but there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, and the more I listen to it, the more it makes me think about something else I want to discuss. But So we've also got... Um, you're doing a ghost watch on what? One Tree Hill? Something like that? <laughs> no, I am doing ghost watch on... Hold on a second. On the Old Bell Hotel in Malmesbury, Wiltshire, okay. United Kingdom. Yeah, I don't know where I got One Tree Hill from. Anyway, so you're going to be doing that ghost watch. We are also going to be discussing, as we'd like to do here, um, something that bothered Rick. And he, he approached me with it. And it's something that naturally bothers me because him and I are just, we're, we're, you can't see it, but I've got my fingers like close together. We're, we're like this, man. We are simpatico. Yeah, yeah. So he's got something he wants to address about something he recently watched on television. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and we've also got, um, for those of you new to the show, occasionally we do a segment called Paranormal Amped, where a famous musician tells us, their ghost story and we've got not one but two of those today rick oh you know, but but you know what's great about about the second one it's not really so much a story but you get to use your imagination while yes you yes and this is exclusive folks the only place you will hear this and you heard it here first so people like are going to take our clip and run with it it's probably going to be all over YouTube like this because it's unheard. It's unheard, yeah. and you're hearing it here first. So, with that being said, Rick, what do what do you want to yes. what do you want to roll on out, Rick? Okay, so so we got Discovery Plus because I love you know nature documentaries and nature shows and stuff like that. Don't lie, every, don't lie. You got it because I'm about to be on it in a two weeks. That's why you got it. Yeah, that's why I got it, Stephen. Keep telling yourself that, buddy. But no, so every once in a while, I will take in a paranormal show, but not really so much the um, uh, ghost hunting shows because I'm not really into that kind of thing. But I do like the documentary shows. So I'm watching this one um, the other day. It's called Paranormal Night Shift. And I decided on that one because I used to work the night shift before I got sick and lost my leg. And uh, the place where I worked was very, very haunted. So I'm watching this one, and two of the stories they tell, tell by guys named Dan and Sam. So I'm watching this, and I realize something. It's like, okay, first off, these guys are saying, you know, that they were skeptics. They didn't believe in this kind of thing until they did this. But 
and I'm not going to say who Dan and Sam are. I'm not going to give their last names. I don't want to call them out on air because I know I don't like dealing with bad attitudes, and I know you don't like dealing with bad attitudes either. But both of these guys were long-term paranormal researchers and investigators, been involved in the field for years and years, and yet here they are on this television show misrepresenting themselves. Now, Stephen, I, th- this, is, this is a huge problem in you know, paranormal land, as I like to call it. Yes, and, and, you, and I've been there. I've been in that seat. And you know mm-hmm. what's funny is is my wife and I were discussing this the other day um, because, you know, she has filmed with me twice for, right. for a haunting. And and they do they do try to direct you in they're not giving you a script to read per se, but they're trying to lead you to say what they want you to say. Sure. Okay. Sure. And, and the worst experience I had was with Mark Phillips film and television with my ghost story where mm-hmm. they or my orb story is like you to know, call they it. took a couple words from this sentence and a couple words from this sentence and they literally copied and pasted it to make it sound like I said something I did not deliberately did it whereas a haunting they won't do that if you don't say it they're not going to cut and paste and, and make it appear to be something it's not and with my wife they tried so hard to get her to say this that or the other thing and she flat out told them I don't believe that I'm not I'm, I'm just there's nothing I can say about it you know, right. so you it, it all comes down to who you are and, and what kind of legacy you want. You can sit there and say, yeah, okay, I'm going to be famous on TV or whatever, so I'll say whatever you want, which is what most of them do, you know, like mm-hmm. like the people you're talking about. Or you can stand your ground, man. You know, have some integrity. You know, have some respect for yourself. You know, when you, when you had your um, head investigator on uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, we had this yeah, Brian, com- right. We we had this conversation with him. You know, I vividly remember being on an investigation on the battleship North Carolina with a group from Wilmington who told me their story of the brig. Okay, yet when mm-hmm. they ended up on my ghost story, they completely contradicted it. Yeah, completely. The, it, a complete one eighty. And I'm thinking, I was there. I was there. That is not how it happened. I just don't get it. It is. It is frustrating. Um, you know, a, a couple of years ago, I had a uh, television production company contact me because they had read some of the stuff that I'd written, and they were interested. And um, I told them, I'm like, first off, I'm not going to say something is a demon when it isn't, and secondly, I'm a disabled person. Never heard from them again. I mean, they were like really hot in in wanting to get me involved with their project but those two things and I'm, I'm sure it was more the demon more than it is being disabled um was one of the things that turned him off because I'm, I'm just i'm not going to say that i'm not going to say something is an evil spirit i'm not going to say something is a demon it's not that i don't believe in those kind of things i just don't believe it's as common as people make it out to be and you know again that's the whole misrepresenting yourself it's it seems to be a quick, efficient, and easy way to get your name in lights, so to speak. And and, and for what the the audience that admires Zach Baggins, you know, yeah. is that what you want? You know, and, and I think because of people like you and me, 
um, thankfully, there's more than just you and me that stand oh, up that stand is. up for themselves. And, and you know, I think the the producers are getting uh, getting uh, what, what they're, they're trying to get better at segregating people like us. Because, like, when mm-hmm. I did my very first television appearance in 2008, it was a phone call to me. We discussed it. I flew out, did the show. In 2011, it was a phone call, some emails, flew out, did the show. Okay, then the third time, phone call, emails, flew out to California, did the show. But that time, that episode never even got to air. Okay. They didn't even finish that episode because I would not play the card they wanted me to play, which was the demon card. Yeah. So they just threw the whole thing out. Which so they wasted their money. They wasted their investment on me. And it seems like from that point forward, anytime a producer reaches out to me, we have a Zoom meeting. Okay. And and it's almost like an audition. So yeah. what so once they see that, okay, you're not gonna say this, you're not going for this, you know, they're not gonna waste their time with you and they move on to the next person. So that's what I've noticed. The past past couple years, actually doing video conferencing to mm-hmm. determine whether or not they're going to invest in you to save time, which I guess is good because that way they don't waste mine either. Yeah, sure. You know, it's another interesting thing that I've that I've heard with, when it comes to um, you know these so called ghost hunting shows. They do casting calls for these things, mm-hmm. and what they do is is that they 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 have different groups of people that they put together. And they see if you look right mm-hmm. in that group. If you look right, if you sound right, if you guys work well together, which, you know, that's really not a bad thing. But if you look good together, and then it's like, okay, now we're going to move you on to the next part. You're you know, being part of the project now. So it's like if you don't look the part, if you don't sound the part, you don't get the part. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's, it's so weird when I think of like, you know, people like, um, let's see, people like Peter Underwood or uh, Dr. Hans Holzer, you know, they were just contacting and were like, hey, we're going to do this. We don't we're not going to put you with a group of people. You're just going to do your thing. And man, we need to get back to that. Mm-hmm. We I need agree. to stop having casting calls and um, pretty people who call themselves actors in their IMDb. I can't believe that like paranormal investigators have an IMDb. For what? You hunt ghosts for God's sake. Now I will say before somebody calls us out on this, that I am on IMDb. I am sorry. No, 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 no. I I am on there because I've had three songs put Mm -hmm. into, into films. So I'm on there as a composer. Okay, and I'm on there as a director and a producer because of the Brentwood documentary that Mm -hmm. went to Amazon Prime. So I am on there. So that doesn't mean I'm an actor. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's the the only thing I can act like is myself. So if somebody Mm -hmm. writes a part that is me, then yeah, I'll nail it, man. I'll get a fucking Oscar, you know, (laughs) but... With that being said, let's. But that's different. Yeah, that, 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 that's yeah. because you have those other credits behind you. I just wanted to clarify. But okay. um, with that being said, let's take our first break. When we come back, Rick, what 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 do you want to jump into here? 
I think that we should jump right into the Dan Aykroyd soundbite. I think we should. Because there's too. a lot to go over there. I think we should too, guys. Thanks you. Thanks you. Golly, man. See what happens when we take a break. I can't talk right. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another episode the of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk right here, everywhere, around the world. And today is our one-year anniversary special. We've got great things coming up. We've got Brit Lightning, Lightning from Vixen. Golly, man, you got to just stop me. Um, she's going to tell us Golly. our ghost story. we got Jordan Rudis from Dream Theater doing something very special on the show. And up next, we're going to be talking about something that Dan Aykroyd said. When we come back from break, you're going to hear the sound bite, and then me and Rick are going to discuss it. So you guys, stick around. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk is now available on iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and many more. To contact the hosts, visit www.shadowinitiativetv.com or email them at shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. And welcome back to the one year, it's huge, one year anniversary of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, paranormal authors and ghost hunters, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Rick. Hey, man. So, hey, <laughs> so we are going to get this started. If you want to play the clip, we have a clip of Dan Aykroyd from another podcast. I'm kind of hoping we can get him on here one day. We'd probably be kind of slumming, though. But uh, <laughs> but if you want to play that, Stephen, you know, there is there is a lot to discuss here. There's a lot to unpack with what he has to say. Yeah, guys, check out this clip of Dan Aykroyd. It isn't very long, but it's very interesting what he says. We're not even going to lead you into it. Just check it out. Well, you know, my great-grandfather Sam was a dentist up there in Kingston, Ontario. So uh, sometimes with not much to do in the winter, he began to research spiritualism in the 1920s. And he was really into the concept of uh, the idea of mediumship, that the consciousness survives after death. Not only the soul, but the consciousness survives after death. So he had all these journals sitting around the house. And I was sitting in the the old seance room one, one afternoon in the summer. And I was reading some of the journals that he was writing. And I just thought, wow. Um, you know, would it be good to do an old-style Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, Abbott and Costello, Bowery Boys-style comedy like they used to do in the 30s, you know, Ghost Breakers and Ghost Chasers. And I thought if you used all of the research that's really been done and combined it together, we could could have something there. Now, no one knew what ectoplasm was before the Ghostbusters movie, right? Now, (laughs) millions of people know what ectoplasm is now. Yeah. And all over the... Uh, in every county, there's a ghost-busting society with the equipment. They go out. There's all kinds of shows of the paranormal and the supernatural. That's all from my great-grandfather's work and the movie we all put together. All right, you guys just heard this clip from Dan Aykroyd, which is really interesting. You know, Rick and I are already well-versed on the history of Dan Aykroyd when it comes to the paranormal. Um but I don't know where to start with this, with what he said. I mean, I, I've always respected the guy. I yeah. think it's really cool that, that what his grandfather did influenced him and influenced, yeah. obviously, was a huge influence on Ghostbusters. Right, um, right. And, but some of the things he said, you know, it's like, 
what I thought my ego was bad. What what do you think? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> well, you know, first off, you know, I just want to say that you know, when, when you consider that he calls himself a proud spiritualist. Yeah. He 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 will call himself that. Um, you know, I think that his grandfather and his father, Peter Aykroyd Sr., are two of the biggest unsung heroes in the history of psychical research in, in the West, as we know it. Um, you know, both were very important figures in, in uh, parapsychology and psychical research in Canada. And I don't think that they get the credit that they deserve. So I like that he brought that he brought up, you know, how his grandfather was a huge part of that. And, you know, but here's another thing that he had to say that it influenced him not only as a um, in his, you know, his own personal beliefs, but also as a writer. You know, it gave us Ghostbusters. Right. Right. Which is forever will forever be a classic. Right. You know, but it, but it's like you said, and, and it, this just goes to something that annoys me, is these kids today, you know, this this audience that, that is, is, is looking up to Zach Baggins and that mm-hmm. crew and these other shows and thinking that that is how paranormal research is, has no clue who Dan Aykroyd, probably who Dan Aykroyd is, <laughs> you know, and, and what he's done and more importantly what his grandfather's done. You know, or did, I should say. You know, like like you mentioned with Hans Holzer, you know, the Dr. Barry Taff, you know, these guys from decades and decades and decades ago that were the real deal, the OGs, right. okay? not They weren't doing this stuff to be famous. They weren't mm-hmm. like the Warrens who were scamming everybody to make money. You know, the, the Warrens were pretty much the stepping stone into these TV shows, when they realized you could profit from it, you know, but yeah, right. I, I just found I fa- go ahead. You, you got something you want to add to that? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it, it, it always reminds me of something that happened a couple of years ago on Facebook. I was involved in this thread where Pete where somebody threw up one of these pictures on, you know, if you could investigate with a famous person, who would you investigate with? You know, and of course, it shows, you know, paranormal Elvis and um, the guys from Ghost Hunters. Um, and other, you know, famous paranormal TV investigators. So I said, I'm like, I would, I want, I would want to hunt ghosts with um, Frederick Myers, Edmund Gurney, and Harry Sidgwick. Now, anybody who knows the history of this knows that these are the founders of the London Society for Psychical Research. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm not. I, I shit you not, Stephen. Somebody actually wrote back and said, Oh. I've never heard of them. What television show are they on? I totally believe it. <laughs> I totally believe it. My my mind was completely blown because I think that this is a problem nowadays that people don't know or understand that the history of ghost hunting goes back not just to, you know, 2004, but goes as far back as the mid 1800s. Mhm. Uh, mid to late 1800s, and one of the things that Dan Aykroyd brings up in uh, in the soundbite is is he talks about ectoplasm. Correct. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think he was a little presumptuous 
to assume that nobody knew what ectoplasm was until sure. he brought it out in Ghostbusters. Ectoplasm mm-hmm. has been something throughout the history of paranormal research, dude. Just right. like you said, all the way back. I mean, there, there, there are some of the original um, photographs, when you look these up, of, of alleged ectoplasm. I mean, these are over 200 years old. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was a little presumptuous on his part. But now, hold on a second. With that being said, we have to admit that, yes, ectoplasm played a very serious part in spiritualism and early psychical research. And a lot of those photographs were faked, man. They, they were. They were. But at the same time, okay, ectoplasm is a, a part of this research, not right. not very common, but it but it is a, a part of it. Now, with what Dan said there, it's like, yeah, but you made it more of a novelty. You, mm-hmm. you made it. It's not like at the end of Ghostbusters, you started thinking, man, ectoplasm's real. Nobody thought that, you know, <laughs> they just thought it was something. It was slime, man. It was just something for the movie. It's not yeah. he, he kind of makes it sound like. Uh, it, it turned into this big research, you know. You know what I mean? It like started research on it, which it did not. The research right. on ectoplasm was already taking place. Right, it had already been there for well over a hundred years. Correct. Now that now the big thing that Aykroyd said, and again, I admire this guy to hell and back. I I love Dan Aykroyd, uh, Harold, Ray, you know, but. The big thing he said that got to me was completely taking claim for the current state of the paranormal. The TV shows, all of the groups. I mean, he even said, you know, every county in the country, around the world, whatever, has a paranormal group that runs out with their equipment and investigate ghosts. He's, excuse me, he's taking claim to that? Mm. I don't think so, Dan. No, that's uh, that 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 is a bit, as you say, presumptuous. Um, you know, even even before you know, uh, Paranormal Elvis and the um, Super Mario Brothers of the Paranormal, uh, this there, there had already been people out there for decades doing this kind of work. I mean, I myself and you, we've been doing this since the nineties. And again, you know, Ghostbusters made it science fiction sure. to me. To me, it made it science fiction. It wasn't done in a documentary style. You know, it wasn't done like this is based on a true story or anything like that. It it was done as science fiction and horror. You know, so to say that that, like, gave us all this influence to go out and investigate ghosts. No, mm-hmm. no, dude. Ghostbusters... It is just one little little piece of a very long chain of things, sure. and and it's such a small piece because it's 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 fiction, you know. Yes, a lot of what they talk about is real in the paranormal field. Mm-hmm. You know the words they use and the descriptions and you know psychokinetic energy and stuff like that. Um, but golly, man, all the way back to nineteen fifty, if we're gonna talk TV, you know. 1957, One Step Beyond. You know, One of my favorite shows. Yeah, me me too. It. A year after that, The Twilight Zone came out. You know, mm-hmm. I have always said it, and I've said it repeatedly on radio shows, every decade since the birth of television 
has had paranormal programming in one form or another. Right. You know, which is the Agreed. truth to all the way up to unsolved mysteries, to alien autopsy, Scooby-Doo, you know, in the 70s. What were they? It was a cartoon, but they were paranormal investigators that went out to investigate allegedly haunted locations and debunked it. Right. That's how you describe Scooby-Doo. And I think Scooby and the gang, they have a lot more credibility than uh, you know, Ghost Adventures. Absolutely. They didn't fake anyways. nothing. They didn't fake yeah. anything. You know what, Stephen, though? I do want to talk a little bit about ectoplasm, though. I want to, I want to head on it. back to that. Let's talk about ectoplasm. I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure that I felt it. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that if ectoplasm is real, and I'm saying if it's real because I don't want anybody, Rick is saying that ectoplasm is real, you know, there's I mean, Ghostbusters, whatever. I think that, I think ectoplasm is something that helps a spirit manifest. And whenever the temperature goes up and down, I believe that that might be ectoplasmic. Um, whenever a spirit touches you, they may be using ectoplasm in order to touch you. Um, I've never, you know, walked down the hall of a, uh, of a hotel and been slimed by anything. But I do believe that, like I said, I do believe that I have felt it. How about you? I I think I've well like I said I sent when you and I started talking about this privately I sent you an old old video clip from an investigation. Yes. And that was the one time where it could have been actual act. I don't know what that was. But mm-hmm. it, it was the same kind of consistency and substance and when I went to get something to collect it with and came back it was gone. So that kind of goes with what you're saying. You know, uh, of how it's created, stuff like that, temperature changes, um, moisture in the air, stuff like that. Now, one thing I did see, and actually had a doctor, um, not really validate, but but definitely validate the fact it was paranormal. Um, okay. You saw um, some of that investigation I had done with Ryan, you know, a decade and a half ago, where mm-hmm. he felt something hit his back, and it was a burning sensation. And when we lifted up the back of his uh, vest and stuff, it was very glossy, very Mm -hmm. oily, and and we had to stop the investigation because he was in pain. Now, when we went and took him to the hospital, the doctor said that he couldn't figure out what it was, but per his, you know, expert advice or however you want to say it, he said that it showed all of the symptoms of a chemical burn. Okay. Like some kind of chemical burned Ryan and, and, you know, gave him, I can't remember what he prescribed him, you know, to be honest with you, but it it, it was gone the next day, whatever it was. And there was nothing there that would be, or was there anything there that would be a chemical that would cause a chemical burn? No, absolutely not. And, and the in, the very interesting part about it is he had a long sleeve shirt on. Then he had mm-hmm. his vest on, you know, and, and there was nothing on the vest. You know, obviously the interior of his shirt was damp. But yeah. how did this just appear on his back through clothing and the rest of it? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he laid down on his stomach and something got poured on his back. It would reflect on the back of his vest. And clearly in that video shot, you can see there's nothing on his vest. He lifts up that, that shirt and there it is. 
glossy and gross. Whatever. I mean, and his skin was inflamed. It was just very bizarre. Yeah, it was it was very strange. But, you know, and, and, and that's why the thing is, it's like, man, th- this is one of the reasons why I say, and I know it's really popular to say that there are no experts in the paranormal field, but this kind of, you know, suggests that. We are just now starting to scratch the surface a little bit here and there about what is going on in the spirit realm. And we're not going to be real true experts about this until we pass on from this life. I agree. Well, with that being said, Sir Rick, let's take yes. another break. Let's let's come back to uh, the new Ghost Watch you got. It's been a while since we've had a Ghost Watch about this. And isn't this like the oldest hotel in that area? It is. You know, it's 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 an area that is considered to be one of the oldest in England, which uh, Wiltshire, Malmesbury, Wiltshire, and. Um, yeah, it's one of the oldest buildings, actually, in the entire area. That's entire what I region. thought. That's what I thought. So very cool, guys. Take a listen to this uh, commercial break about me and Rick's books. Go out and buy them. You know, help support the show. Help support independent writers and paranormal research. And when we come back, we're coming back with a brand new Ghost Watch. And we're going to talk a little bit about this place. So you guys stick around. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend Chris Beck and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman II, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.54. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. Located in the village of Malmesbury, Wiltshire, is the Old Bell Hotel, a hotel that is considered to be the oldest hotel in England. This charming hotel sits nicely with the surrounding area of the Cotswolds, and as with many buildings its age, it has a number of ghostly long-term residents. The Old Bell Hotel stands on the foundations of a much earlier inn that was built in 1220 AD, making it the oldest hotel in Britain. Located nearby is an ancient abbey with parts of the hotel built on the abbey's churchyard. Throughout the long and storied history of the hotel, several renovations have been done to modernize the hotel, giving it an eclectic feel. Although not much is known concerning the history of this old hotel, one thing is quite clear. The old bell is known to be haunted by many ghosts. Since its very early days, there have always been reports of encounters with the spectral inhabitants of the hotels. And these ghosts that call this venerable hostelry home are not known for being particularly friendly. In fact, they are known for being quite frightening. The apparition of a young woman in a gray dress has been spotted floating around the halls of the hotel. 
The apparition has been described as having a sad, forlorn countenance and has been heard sobbing and muttering unintelligible words. The great lady seems to favor the James Odie room, as she is known to frequently manifest there. It is said that if you say the words gray lady three times out loud in that room, she will appear and haunt you relentlessly till you leave. Beneath the bar floor in the East Wing, a grisly discovery was made a few decades ago. While pulling up the floorboards and making improvements, several coffins were found containing human remains. Rather than removing the coffins and burying them in the churchyard, the owners decided to just keep them where they found them. They did not want to disturb the dead. However, it doesn't seem to have made much of a difference. Staff and guests have reported the sound of mysterious voices in the bar, even when it's closed. And sinister shadows are seen in the East Wing and appear and disappear, oftentimes causing a fright in unsuspecting guests. Guests who have stayed in the Danvers room have reported returning to their room to a most unpleasant sight. Upon entering the room, they discover that some unknown assailant has thrown their clothes and personal belongings haphazardly around the room, while others have reported being awakened in the middle of the night by some unseen force tearing the bedclothes from the bed and tossing them across the room. Several guests have reported to the front desk that while trying to gain access to the phone room, the door would not budge. After diligently strong-arming their way into the room, it was discovered that someone or something blocked the door with a heavy wardrobe. Whatever haunts the faux room clearly does not want to share its space with the living, and it appears that the entirety of the hotel is that way as well. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghostwatch. Bam. Just like that. Bam. Just like that. Yeah, this is definitely, I, I originally wrote this article for uh, SpookyIsles.com. Uh, uh, you can go there and see others, and I, and I have read many of them here on, on the show. But, um, you know, across the United Kingdom, there are many hotels that, um, you know, people will go to just for the ghosts. Oh, absolutely. And this is one of them. You know, I was thinking while you were doing that, we need to start, and, and I'm saying this out there to our listeners, okay? I'm not necessarily saying this to you, Rick. Um, but out there to our listeners, uh, Rick and I are going to start a GoFundMe. Or, or what? what's the other one called? Uh, Kickstarter, right? Yeah. We're, we're going to start one of those. So you guys okay. pour all your money into it. That way, Rick and I give us, give us your money. Yes, uh, but but it's 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 actually for them, okay? For them, right. we right. will be willing as long as we hit hit our budget. So keep those hundreds coming. Keep the hundreds. Mm -hmm. You know, send large checks, whatever. As long as we hit our budget, Rick and I would be willing to travel to these locations that he frequently talks about in Ghostwatch, spend the night. And stream our podcast live from these locations just for you guys, our listeners. So if anybody out there is a banker, some kind of investor who would like to yeah, who would like to invest in the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk Roadshow, please do. 
Stephen, it honestly would not surprise me if this showed up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, 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 please, be. I want to be surprised. But in all, but in all seriousness, um, you know, th- these are places that you know they get they get quite a bit of airtime on television shows, mm-hmm. um, and it's like it, it really really need serious study. Mm-hmm. To either prove or disprove that these places are really haunted. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that, Rick, because that's a perfect segue to what I was about to say. Um, Okay. Coming up on December 31st, my favorite haunt, the location that I have spent over a decade researching, the Brentwood Wine Bistro, is going to be featured on an episode of A Haunting on the Travel Channel and Discovery+. Plus. Because as you guys remember, Rick was talking earlier that he got Discovery Plus just because I was going to be on it. And uh, yeah, that's what I said. Right, they can play it back, yeah. man. It's there, it's there. But you guys don't have to, cause, you know. Just take my word for it. But you know, <laughs> that goes with what you were saying. You know, I researched that place for ten years. This will be the second or third time it's been on television, and I, it, I like that. I push for that because I like these lesser known you know these places that aren't household names and and, you know at this point the brentwood kind of is becoming that but i like putting those on the map now now have you written anything about the brentwood i have not written anything about the brentwood but i have read quite a bit about it and we've talked about it here a lot on the show Mm -hmm. so i am i'm you know i'm looking forward to seeing this um on Discovery Plus, uh, you know, the self-proclaimed world's sexiest ghost hunter. The gray fox of the paranormal. I have graduated. I have graduated from that. But, yeah, that's coming up, guys. And you know what's really cool about that night is they're airing the Norman the Doll episode, which, of course, I'm also in. And then following that is the debut of the new season about the Brentwood Wine Bistro, which, of course, I'm in. So you get your double dose of me, Rick. Oh God! I, I, oh, so now everybody's got to put up with what I got to put up with every week. <laughs> Let me ask you this though, because I do want to watch it, and I haven't watched the the Norman episode. What season and episode is that? Um, well, the episode's called Norman the Doll, um, okay. and it's last season. The, the way the internet describes the seasons is not the way the Travel Channel does. It's season okay. ten, episode eight, I think. Six or okay. eight, and it's called Norman the Doll. Um, Norman the Doll. This will be considered season 11, and it's episode one. It's the debut episode um, about the Brentwood Wine Bistro. Now, the Norman the Doll was strictly, you know, me and my wife and my stepdaughter and Darren Evans, an investigator, um, that they mm-hmm. brought in. Um, whereas the one on the Brentwood, I haven't seen it yet. So I think me and Christina are more or less... Uh, just probably little sound bites here and there, because because sure. it, it's more or less about Chef Eric and his wife and what they experienced right, right. when they first took the place over. And I think they just brought us in to kind of validate the stuff that they were saying. So it's you know more of a cameo appearance, I believe. But I haven't seen it yet. Well, I, you know what, I am I am legitimately looking forward to choking. I mean, seeing this episode. <laughs> Hey, man, whatever. So with that being said, the only reason I asked if you had written anything about it is because I I thought it would be cool because that airs on a Friday night. 
And mm-hmm. then, of course, they'll air it all weekend as reruns. And then we have our show on that Sunday. And I thought if you had written something about it, that'd be a cool ghost watch. But yeah, you no, have, have not. not. You know, maybe I'll turn the fucking it's, tables. Maybe I'll do a damn ghost watch. You should. You nah, should. I mean, that's I, your I would, thing, I, man. I need, that's your thing. I, I I need to sit here and take a you know a five minute snooze. So. Nah, this, you know something like the Brentwood. I can't. I can't sum up in five minutes, man. You know, it just right. it just doesn't do it justice. But. With that being said, let's take a break, Rick. Let's come back with our paranormal amped segments. Oh, and these are great. You yes, guys I'm it. so excited. So guys, stick around. You do not do not want to miss what Brit Lightning from Vixen has to say about her personal ghost experience. And you definitely don't want to miss this Shadow Initiative exclusive. You Dream Theater fans are absolutely going to love what we got from Jordan Rudis. So Brit Lightning. And Jordan Rudis is up next on the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. Alright guys, welcome back to the one year anniversary of Shadow Initiative. You know, it's it's it was Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV this time last year, and we were talking about demonic sex cults. And your dead hooker. This that was yeah, the exact conversation we were having this time last year. It was a it was a, it was an impressive first outing with demonic entities and dead hookers. It was, and if you guys who have just started um, becoming a fan of the show or just started listening to our show, all of these episodes are available. Go back, listen to that first episode, and what's great is the first season includes video. So you can actually watch because we showed a lot of evidence and stuff during that first season. Um, but now we we're into season two. Now we do this strictly as a podcast. What is this episode 31, 32? Uh, episode 32. But we need to make it clear that um, that the older episodes can with the video can only be found on YouTube, whereas they can also be heard on all of the streaming services that yes, you can, find us. You can listen to it as a podcast, or you can go to YouTube, or go to shadowinitiativetv.com, and bam, it's all right there. So, right. we've got Britt Light- Lightning from Vixen. Wonderful woman. She's just so energetic. And uh, she's, man, she's played with Guns N' Roses. She's just all over the place, man. But Immensely talented person. You know, I do, uh, you know, seasonally, I, I do a music show on YouTube, and I talk to a lot of musicians. And, you know, I've even got some stuff from 
uh, Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers that that we'll be talking about down the road. Um, she they just did an awesome cover of Queen of the Reich, by the way. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I know you like Queen's Queen's Reich. I uh, love Queen's Reich. Operation Mindcrime, yeah, fantastic. I'll have to send that your way. But um, it's interesting hearing a a female vocalist do that song because she's a great singer to mm-hmm. begin. Of course, Jeff Tate's phenomenal, but um, sure. So, guys, we're going to play for you uh, Brit Lightning's Ghost Story, and then after you hear that, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. And see and see what we think because there was one one aspect about it that I really liked. So guys, check this out. This is Brit Lightning from Vixen and her ghost story on Paranormal Amped. Steven, what's up? It's Brit Lightning from the band Vixen. On this week's very special Paranormal Amped, Brit Lightning from the band Vixen shares her ghost story. You you do your ghost story thing. You've been on A and E. Uh, Travel Channel, that is amazing. I looked you up, saw your you know books and stuff on Amazon and all your reviews, and it is really, really cool. I used to be very into that kind of stuff and reading and watching the, the, the shows about it until I felt like I had my first ghost experience. So that was, I was in a hotel in Florida, and um, at, at, you know I was sleeping, and they had a little complimentary can of peanuts on the you know dresser or whatever, and it fell off the, the, the nightstand or in the middle of the night and it woke me up. So I got up and I picked it back up and I put it back on the shelf. Well, a couple minutes later, it fell off again. So I was like, what the heck? So I picked it up and I put it all the way towards the wall, touching the wall, furthest from the ledge. So couldn't just tip off by, you know, the AC or something like that. Well, sure enough, a few minutes later, I hear this sliding of the jar of peanuts. And it tipped off over the thing. And so I was like, oh my God, can't be a, a mice, or, mice or anything that would just, because they weren't on that ledge. I mean, it didn't make any sense. So it freaked me out, couldn't really sleep. Turned on all the lights, looked around the room. And um, later on, the next day, there was a tarot card reader in the lobby of this hotel. And I asked her about it. And she said that uh, a few years ago, a boy, a young teenager, had jumped off the balcony and committed suicide off of that, in that room. So that is my ghost story. All right, Rick. What did uh, what do you think about a rock star's uh, ghost story? There, you know, I loved her story, and I and and I love it because of the simplicity. Mm-hmm. Like you know, television shows and movies had this whole thing about the paranormal that you know you don't really experience anything unless you have like this seriously dramatic um, sighting or encounter or whatever with a ghost or a monster or UFOs. But I love the simplicity of her story because it's just about a a can of peanuts moving. And I loved it. Well, well, not only that, it's like what grabbed me was what she kind of said there towards the end. Mm -hmm. she, She had no prior knowledge of anything happening in this room. But then later finds out that somebody had died in that room. So that's that's cool. She didn't go into it knowing that somebody had died in that room. And you know how your mind starts playing tricks on you and you start thinking, ooh. You know, she didn't know any of that. And some strange shit went down. And then she finds out that somebody died in that room. That was pretty freaking cool. I like that. 
Yeah, I like that too. And and that that is actually a really common thing in a lot of hotels. You know, oh, yeah. sad, sadly, people go to hotels to end their lives. Um, the Sheraton Hotel by O'Hare here in Chicago, um, it has a long history of people ending their life or people dying of uh, drug overdoses mm-hmm. in the uh, parking lot. And the hotel just seems to be like a magnet for, um, you know, paranormal entities because of this. Well, it makes sense. She experienced that. You know, statistically, more people die in hotels than they do in car accidents each year. You know? I mean, and it makes sense. It's going to happen. It is going to happen. You know, you you may be on vacation, something, who knows? I mean, just things happen. Or like you said, in, in a suicide situation, they go there to do it, you know, right. Pre- premeditated. So, you guys, you know, Paranormal Amped is a segment that we do every so often where we bring on famous musicians. And the first one we brought on was William Duvall of Alice in Chains, which was a really cool experience for me because I love Alice in Chains. William's I was from a huge fan as a teenager. You know, he, he he's from my home state of Maryland, you know, been, been to his neck of the woods many, many times. And he's a very intelligent dude. And to to hear him articulate his ghost story, um, you guys will have to go back to that episode and check it out if you're new to the show. But we have a very, very awesome exclusive here today. On Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with Jordan Rudis of Dream Theater. And Rick has kind of pissed me off because this whole time I'm thinking, you know, yeah, me and Rick got the paranormal thing in common. But, you know, like I'm all into fucking 80s metal and shit. And, you know, he's into his all depressive, you know, cure music and all that stuff. And uh, <laughs> love, love will tear us apart or whatever. And, uh, you know, typo negative, which I like typo negative. But one day him and I are talking and Dream Theater comes up and yeah. Rick says, oh, my God, I fucking love Dream Theater. And I'm thinking, dude, you were holding out on me this whole time. We could have been talking about Dream Theater. Yeah. You know, it's like I typically do not care for prod rock. Not really my bag, man. But, you know, bands like um, Queensryche and Dream Theater, um they're they're two of my favorite bands like long time um Dr- uh, dream theater's album um metropolis part two scenes from the memory mm-hmm. is um it's it's a perfect album it's beautiful from the very beginning to the very end and i just i absolutely love that album um so i you know so having jordan rudis on the show here um giving us this exclusive was really, really exciting for me because it's not a story of a sighting, but you have to use your imagination. Yes, I love the way he tackled it. You know, because I've had some other musicians come back with their stories and they they sound like they're making something up because they know what we're doing with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm not even going to mention right. who, the, who those people were. But this was totally fucking cool. So, guys, you got to check this out. You know, music in itself tells a story. And and Jordan, um, he likes what we do, uh, you know, and he, he, he's so interested in it. 
And uh, so he sits down and actually plays us a piece. And this goes on for quite some time. This is an original piece from Jordan Rudis telling his ghost story through music. So you guys sit back, check it out. It is, this is not heard anywhere else. This is not in a dream theater song. This is just straight from his mind to his fingertips exclusively here on shadow initiative paranormal talk. So check out Jordan Rudis. We'll just call the track. What the Rudis ghost story. What are we going to call it? Sounds good. Okay. The Rudis ghost story. story. Check it out and we'll be right back. Hey, Steven, it's Jordan Rudis here from Dream Theater. On this week's very special Paranormal Amp, Jordan Rudis from the band Dream Theater performs an exclusive song to tell his ghost story. So, speaking of ghosts, wow, what a great topic, especially since I'm in front of my um, piano, which I can describe many things through music. So uh, I think I will get into that right now and play some custom music just for you.
about that, Rick? Oh, my God. You know, I listened to it earlier today, and it was so... It was beautiful. It was emotional. It was. It had a darkness to it that um, that I absolutely appreciated. And what I loved about it the most is is like it, like you said, it was telling a story with music. So you had to use your imagination with it. Like I think of, you know, like the gray lady, in, at the Old Bell Hotel, how she is. She's sobbing and she's forlorn and she's distraught over what has happened to her and you know i think that that's i think that you get that a lot in many ghost stories and this one he conveys that message through a a a beautiful composition well what was really interesting about it i was going to say this before we we aired that exclusive um is way 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 back i want to say it was shortly after dream theater released probably their awake album i want to say mm-hmm. um you know I, that's when i was really starting to get into film production you know where i was using actual film and uh film editing and i would have like multiple vcrs hooked up and then the camera itself you know the camera that was three foot long <laughs> that you had to carry on your shoulder you know back in those days and to, you had to pr- work out a lot just to carry it around <laughs> yeah to to practice rick to practice is I would take like really cool scenes from movies and one of, one of the scenes I took was the T-Rex scene from Jurassic Park okay when okay. you know the scene I'm talking about right when when he first comes yeah, out of, of the fence the goat you know the lawyer runs to the the bath or, or the the porta potty or whatever um, I loved watching him get it okay so, so I good. took that scene and I and I overdubbed Metropolis Part 1 the the, the oh, okay. okay the miracle and the sleeper from from images and words you know yeah. and dream theater's music no matter what i was mixing it with what movie scene always worked it like mm-hmm. it, their music just tells a story and when jordan decided to tell the story that way by playing music that took me back you know to like wow i used to use dream theater to tell stories Right, you know, and here and here he did this as an exclusive for Shadow Initiative. I wish we could copyright it. <laughs> I wish right. we could, because this is gonna this our voices are gonna get cut out. This is gonna show up as a bootleg on YouTube. See now, here, here's the interesting thing about about the album um, Metropolis Part Two: Scenes from My Memory. Um, that it is very, very supernatural very paranormal Mm -hmm. it is the story about a man who is remembering a past life Mm -hmm. of a of a girl who was who was murdered yeah so it's like you see just in that i'm getting goosebumps because i told you before and i can't really tell people why but it's a very personal album to me Mm -hmm. because of an investigation that i was involved in about 10 years ago right um that will have to remain a mystery because you're uh you know, I would get sued if I talked about it on air. So, um, and Rick had to buy, yeah. he had to buy my silence. Yeah. I had to buy Steven's silence. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very, so the, the paranormal is works into this album quite heavily. So if you've never listened to it, it's Metropolis part two scenes from a memory. It's, it's very emotional and it's beautiful. From start to finish. You know, Dream Theater 
it has got to have one of the perfect names for their music. You know, I mean, bands have cool names and some bands don't, like Presidents of the United States of America. That's like the dumbest band sure. name ever, you know, but... That is a song that will get stuck in your head. Oh, it will. Peaches? It oh will. Oh, my God. Okay, proceed. But Dream Theater, I mean, their name says it all. It's it's a theater in your head, man, when you listen to their music. And, and, mm-hmm. and it... Not it's not for everybody. If you're just looking for straightforward radio music, you, you might as well just forget about it. <laughs> this right. is this is like movie music amplified. I mean, just the talent in this band is just crazy. But anyways, that's not what this show is about. Rick, let's take our final break. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us on our one year anniversary special here we've we've talked dan Aykroyd. we've had very special guests from vixen very special guests from dream theater we've talked about what was the hotel again the old bell hotel in momsbury will why i keep forgetting that the old bell hotel we've talked a lot of stuff so we're going to wrap this show up guys stick around get with the goat and sell your soul at the cut your heart out design and fashion store Visit CutYourHeartOut.Threadless.com to discover everything horror, dark, and occult-related when it comes to walking with the shadows in style. Browse her art and find some sinister offerings to fill your home, spirit, and wardrobe. Greeting cards, blankets, clothing, masks, and everything your wicked heart desires. CutYourHeartOut.Threadless.com And be sure to like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash cutyourheartout.fashion If you are dead on the inside, wear it proudly on the outside. And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with Stephen Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. Stephen, we had a huge show today, and it was a huge show for a purpose. What is that purpose, sir? To raise money for the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk Roadshow. That is not it, because it was our one-year anniversary. <laughs> well, guys, I'm being serious. Hey, hey, look, we know we are huge over in India. I don't know what your currency is called, but I'm sure that you can somehow pay Rupees. Pal- Rubies? Rupee. Rupee? R-U-P-I, yeah. Uh, okay, I thought you said roofie. I'm like, what the fuck? No. What have you been, what you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, um, yeah, so send us some roofie, rupees, however you guys do it. Guys, look, you want us to investigate a haunt in India? Look, it's not cheap. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk Roadshow, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, with that being said. <laughs> so, we got some great stuff coming up, even greater guests coming up. We've still got your boy, Tony Caldwell who's going to be coming on the show in the future, uh, talking about an amazing documentary. We've already had Maeve Ibanez on the show about this documentary. And I'm looking forward to the documentary. I love paranormal documentaries. With uh, Kane Hodder, you know, you can't, you know, a guy who was like Jason just intimidated the shit out of me as a teenager, man. Yeah, of course, you guys can absolutely look forward to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk Christmas special. I mean, who doesn't look forward to that every year? This will mm-hmm. be, be our yeah. second. 
Yeah, last uh, last year we covered uh, Christmas monsters, so mm-hmm. we have to dig a little bit deeper and find the ones that we didn't uh, didn't talk about. Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll, it's going to be the gift that keeps on giving, just like each episode. <laughs> so, Rick, with that being yeah. said, man, where can people find us? What's going on out there? Um, you can find out. Well, I mean, we are just we're we're literally everywhere these days i mean you can find us at uh, on um, facebook podcast google podcast spotify i uh, itunes um uh, Am- amazon music uh speaker it just where we are everywhere everywhere that has podcasts you can find us there and to communicate with us, guys, shadowinitiativetv.com. You can hit us up through there. Or better yet, that social media thing, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Not only can you listen to our podcast while you're doing your Facebook thing, you can also ask questions, hit us up, say, hey, we'd like to get this person on. Hey, can you get this person on the show? Uh, you know, just talk to us, man. We're very accessible. It, it, extremely accessible, and, and and another thing that I, I would that I always love mentioning, we want your stories. Yes, please, whatever you know, just take five minutes out of your day, write your story down. You know, anything that you've, any kind of paranormal experience, be it ghosts, monsters, aliens, psychic activity, whatever. Take a few minutes, write it down, send it to us, and we will read it on air or. If your story is that intriguing, we may even have you on the show to tell everybody about it. Yes, because, you know, not only are we hosts of a paranormal show, first and foremost, we are paranormal investigators and veteran paranormal investigators at that. So if you have something you're experiencing and you would like to talk about it, you would like to come on the show, um, which we've had. We've had some great guests that, that were, uh, you know, I hate to use the term haunted survivors because it's so commercialized now, but that's what they were. And they, they told their story and we gave our opinion and looked at some evidence and listened to some evidence. So, yeah, reach out. We're here. Yeah, let us know. So, Stephen, you know, another great episode. I cannot wait for people to hear this. Um, we, we did. We we heard some amazing music. We heard some great stories. Um, it is definitely a worthy, worthy one-year anniversary show. Absolutely, man. It's been a great year. I got to thank my co-host, Rick, for making it a great year. You know, Thank you. Him and I, a little over a year. Actually, it was a year and maybe three or four months ago. We just start talking about doing this show. And then three, four months later, we start the show. And here we are. So... It's it's been great, man. Just you know, you would think love it. You would think it would get old, and we would start regurgitating the same material. But it's like no, it's like no, <laughs> just the paranormal. There's always something new yeah, to talk about. The paranormal's so unpredictable. That's what's great about it. Somebody's always being haunted. Right. So yep, there's always a ghost, and there's uh, there's more there's more than enough ghost monsters and aliens to go around for everyone. Absolutely. So that being said, guys, we will catch you next week on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. Thanks for listening.